Is it time to break up the Sabres' top pair of Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson? We'll take a deep dive on what their season has been. Coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Check us out on our YouTube channel where you can watch the show. I've got a couple of Rasmus Dahlin charts to show you. So if you want to head over to our YouTube channel and check the visual out of that, I'll still describe them. Uh, That's always available to you. Be sure to like and subscribe us there. And if you want to get involved in the show, go to joinsubtext.com slash locked on sabers and sign up for our locked on sabers text line become a sortie we'll read through some of their comments and questions over the past couple of days from there and i got a deep dive to get to today on rasmus dalin and matthias samuelson as a pairing is it time to break up the sabers top pair and what's don granado going to do about it i asked him about it on wednesday morning on wgr and He then did some things at practice that are notable to this very topic. So that's all coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast at Locked On Sabres if you want to check out the show on Twitter. I've got a poll up on Twitter that pertains to our first topic of today's show, which goes to an announcement by the NHL that tomorrow the league will begin announcing All-Stars and Fan vote details uh, that'll come from the league for this year's All-Star game. The first batch of All-Stars, 32 of them, one representative from each team, and then fans will vote on the remaining 12 players. And I saw, you know, Lance Lysowski, who we love from above the Buffalo News, tweet this out and many others that probably going to be Rasmus Dahlin. Does it have to be, though? Because Dahlin who we will talk a lot about today when it comes to him and Samuelson, has had a down year. He is not having as good of a season as he did last year, and it might not even really be close. So he might still be the best player on the team, but if you had the power, is the way I phrased the question on Twitter, if you had the power to send whichever Sabre to the All-Star game that you wanted, not even who was most deserving, although that could be a part of your equation, You could send whoever you want. You are the czar of the All-Star game. Who are you sending? I have four options up there. Darlene, Casey Middlestat, who leads the team in points. J.J. Paterka, who I would say is probably the biggest breakout of clearing expectations of any Sabre. And Jeff Skinner, who leads the team in goals. And as that poll stands very early on in the voting, only put it up a couple of minutes before getting going here. I want to see what you think. Casey Middlestat is leading the way with 48% of the vote. Darlene, 28%. Paterka, uh, now that that's actually changed, Paterka is at 15% and Skinner is at 12%. So a pretty close vote there. Let me know what you think. We'll love to read some of our text line uh, chat from that as well. My opinion, it's going to be Darlene. I do think night to night, even though 
He's not playing as well as he did last year. Darlene playing at 70%, 60% of his powers is still, I think, the best player on the Sabres this year. He's that dominant when he's at his best. He's that impactful that even when he's not at his best, I still think there's a good case that he's the best Sabre on the team. Now, who would I think would be cool to send? I think it'd be cool to send J.J. Paterka. You know, he's flashy. He's got good numbers. He's on pace for, you know, about 27 goals on the year, just under 60 points. So we are not talking about the type of production that typically is, you know, good enough for an all-star. I think really, if you really wanted Paterka to be in this conversation, he needed to be a lot more hot in the last three weeks of the season because he really has cooled off. Paterka, in fact, has not scored in his last eight games. He had 12 goals in um, his first 30 games where he was on like a 30-goal pace, much more all-star caliber, since he's only got a couple of assists, four assists in eight games. Uh, Even with Jack Quinn coming back, even with a lot of ice time still, I don't even think he's played that poorly, but the goals have dried up a little bit. Skinner's always good. Skinner's always good. I, I like Skinner. Skinner's become one of my favorite players on the team. So I think he deserves it. I still feel bad for the guy that Skinner is the only human being in the world of hockey that has a longer playoff drought than a Buffalo Sabre fan. He has missed the playoffs. I think it's one more season because of how long he's been in the league than Sabre fans have had to witness. So I always feel bad for Skinner. He's been such a good player for such a long time. Um, Never made the playoffs. So I I like giving that guy every uh, little bit of extra stuff that he can get. So I'd send Skinner if he even wants to go. Uh, He leads the team in goals, by the way, 15 goals. So over a 30-goal pace. In fact, we're talking like a 35-goal pace for Skinner this year. And that's on a line that the other guys haven't pulled their weight. Thompson has not played as well as he did last year, and Tuck has not played as well as he did last year, but there's Skinner right there, 30-plus goals every time that he gets the he gets the role that, that he deserves. So check us out uh, at Locked on Sabres if you want to vote in that poll, or you can text us uh, on our text line. Again, you can sign up, join subtext.com slash Locked on Sabres. Some text that I wanted to run through on other subjects over the past couple of days, a little bit of a mailbag here before we get to the Darlene Samuelson pair. Starting with um, starting with a commentary on Samuelson and Owen Power, at what point are we concerned about the development of Power and Samuelson? Should coaching be focused on them and Darlene as future because the offensive side seems to be okay? Defensive, the question here is about defensive development. And that might be a worthy talking point. I would attribute that more to age and that being more of a learning curve for young players coming into the league, plus the style that the Sabres have played for two years minus the first half of this season. And in large part, I think it's more a product of the style they play. It's more a product of their age than it is about their abilities. If you want to talk to me about the coaching part of that, that could be true. All the development of the Sabres players in terms of their overall game, most of the jumps that guys have taken are offensive. Tage Thompson, huge jump offensively, not a good defensive player, uh, a little bit better this year, but has not been historically. Dylan Cousins, 
big jumps offensively. Never been a great defensive player, even though the reputation might, you know, present that. Uh, you look at who else? Alex Tuck. You know, Tuck's always been a good defensive player, but the big jump he took was offensive. Darlene was more offensive. Him, it was it was some defense, but more offense. The guys I would say most notably took a big step defensively were Peyton Krebs, and I would have said Samuelson. Is it still fair to say that? Let's get into that coming back here as we talk about the top pair. Should it stay together, Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson? A deep dive into some numbers and what I've seen this year. That's coming up here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by game time. Hey, if you want to head down to that all-star game that there's going to be at least one Sabre participating and you want a place to get tickets, check out the game time app. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat before you buy and their best price guarantee. Game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All in prices show your total up front so you don't get uh, you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game time is deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find last-minute tickets and even after-the-minute tickets. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sticky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. We want to remind you that Locked On Sports Today has got the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Check them out with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. The Sabres have had a top pair of Rasmus Dahlin and Matias Samuelson for the large part of two seasons here. And while there was a little bit of a break in the middle of this year where they put Samuelson with Owen Power, it's mostly been Dahlin with Samuelson. So far this year, looking at Samuelson, for instance, Samuelson at five on five has played 385 minutes with Dahlin and 174 minutes without Dahlin. We are talking about much more than half the time, more than three quarters of the time that Darlene's on the ice, Samuelson on the ice, and it is together. What does the production look like this year? It looks a lot worse than it did last year when this pairing had the perfect combination of style and was used as an example of what the Sabres needed to go get for Owen Power. I said that the coaching staff and G- and management said it, that they'd like to have a guy for power that emulates Samuelson, which is a stay-at-home, big defenseman that has a long stick to break plays up, to push guys out of the front of the net. He's not necessarily a mean player in Matias Samuelson, but he's got the size, he's a smooth skater, and he's a very good defender. Pedally killing, too. But that comfort level that a Dahlin has 
to do anything he wants in the offensive zone, take chances, and know he's got Samuelson back there to cover up for him if he goes a little bit too far. And the passing ability of Samuelson, the smoothness, they just complement each other perfectly. Big defensive defenseman, super skilled offensive defenseman. But Dalene also had great defensive ability last year. He was physical. He was elite at breaking plays up, stopping zone entries. Dalene was very talented, very good last year. A lot of that has gone away. Before we get to the numbers, to me, what I've seen more this year than anything compared to last year is turnovers and especially turnovers when those two are trying to move the puck from the defensive zone up to the offensive zone. The transition game, to me, is what has really been lacking between these two. Samuelson looks timid to take the puck himself, move the puck himself, and he's not bad at it. He's a good passer. He's not going to do it himself, skating with it too often, but he's looked timid to me. Dalene has turned the puck over more than in past years. He doesn't look as smooth at it either. And maybe this is a, a, a bit of the forward group not being as trustworthy, but Darlene has not looked as good in these areas also. What do the numbers say? Uh, actually, before we get to the numbers, defensive zone to me also, very poor between these two, where they, they get caught puck watching far too often, and Samuelson gets bodied off the puck way easier than it should be for a six foot six player. And Darlene looks a little less aggressive in his own end. And maybe that's a, maybe that's a, uh, you know, a factor in he doesn't trust Samuelson as much as he did last year. The numbers add up to all this last year at five on five, when these two were together on the ice, Matias Samuelson and Darlene had 39 goals scored. Their team scored 39 goals when they were on the ice together and they allowed 31. That's just at five on five. That's a 56% rate. When they're on the ice, the Sabres score 56% of the goals. This year, when these two are together, the Sabres have scored 11 goals at five on five and have allowed 20. That is a massive change. From 56 goals, percent 56% of the goals scored when they're on the ice, to this year, 35%, a 21% drop. Now, this year, they're 35%, score, they've scored 35% of the goals at 5-on-5 five five when they're on the ice. When they are not together, Samuelson without Darlene this year, 53%. And Darlene is also over 50%. So these two are struggling, and it's really only together. With every other combination, they're just fine. So what is that telling you? It's telling me that for whatever reason, it's just not working right now. So I think it's time to split it up. Maybe you go back to it later in the year. I'm not against that, but it's clear to me that the top two defensemen on this team as a pairing it's not working as a combination at this point in time. So how long do you want to beat your head against the wall trying that? And it's not, even though Darlene is still playing better without Samuelson, 
his numbers in general are still down. Here are some numbers, and here's a chart to show you. Again, if you're not watching on our YouTube channel, uh, you are uh, able to do that. Check us out there. Looking at the some of the numbers from Cody Schneider, uh, part of the All Three Zones project, looking at some numbers that he puts together, shots per 60 minutes. This is Darlene last season. Shots assists, shot assists per 60. Primary contributions, total shot contributions, chance contributions, chances, chance assists, and rebounds created. These are some of the big categories of advanced offensive stats. And of the seven stats, of the eight stats, I should say, didn't count right there, Dalene was above average and more so in elite territory in seven of the eight. Everything but rebounds created. He was at an elite level, and he was at a dominant level, one of the best in hockey, at chances per 60, chance contributions per 60, total shot contributions per 60. That was last year. This season, look at how bad the numbers get. Instead of being elite at seven of the eight, he is only above average at four of the eight, He is below average at three of the eight, and he is horrible at one of them. Shots per 60 for Darlene, way down. Minus 1.23, below average. Last year, he was over one above average. Shot uh, primary contributions, way in the negative. Total shot contributions, way in the negative. Rebounds created, once again, in the negative. Every single number for his offensive game, all of them, have come down, except for rebounds created, which is still in the negative. So your eyes are not deceiving you if you think Rasmus Dahlin is not playing to the level that he did last year. You could just look at the general numbers that can kind of tell you that. Last year, Dahlin had 58 assists. 58 assists. This year, he's only at 19 through 37 games. He's on pace for about 40 assists, which is a massive drop. We're talking 20 fewer assists. Now he's making up for it in some way with the goals. He is scoring more goals this year in part because his shot percentage is up, but his overall game, what is, what makes Darlene elite? Yes, he can score goals. It is his ability as a playmaker from the blue line. And that is not happening. Is it all his fault? I don't want to say that because there are definitely chances that guys like Tage Thompson, Alex Tuck, Dylan Cousins are being set up for by Darlene that were going in the net last year that are not going in the net this year. But what those advanced numbers tell me is it is in part on Darlene also. It's not just that his teammates aren't putting the puck in the back of the net as much as normal. And how much of that is Samuelson? I think it's time to find out. And the only way to find out is to get a real good look, at Dal- a long look, not just a game or two, but a long look at Darlene playing with somebody else. And Don Granado might already be on his way to doing that. We'll tell you what I mean by that as we have some new pairings at practice. We'll get to that when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season wrapping up, but there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It's not just football. You've got hockey going right now. You got basketball going right now. You've got golf tournaments coming up. That's right. You've got golf. The century 
is coming up this weekend. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. Final segment here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. All right, let's check out some new combinations on the blue line from Don Granado. He returned to practice on Wednesday, Tuesday, excuse me, and had new lines at uh, practice on Wednesday on the blue line. And before we give you those, one quick update injury-wise. Zemgis Girgitsitz returns against Ottawa over the weekend. They lost Kyle Poso to an injury. He is considered week to week, week to week for uh, for Kyle Poso. Eric Robinson goes in his place um, on the uh, fourth line. What about the blue line? Let's look at it. We have a split already. As I was ready to do this show on Darlene Samuelson, it's like Don Granato heard it ahead of time. He has split him up at practice at least. Darlene was skating on the top pair with Henry Yoki Haru, who, funny enough, had been a healthy scratch uh, multiple times recently. But he's going back to the top pair. I've liked Darlene Yoki Haru as a pairing this year, and I expect that to look pretty good and better than what we've seen from Samuelson. So Samuelson taken off the top pair. Granado has Owen Power with Eric Johnson. Do not like that at all. Would not put Eric Johnson in the top four. At all. Like, I would put everybody else on the current roster in that spot above him. Samuelson was rotating on the third pair with Ryan Johnson and Connor Clifton, which means to me, one of those three is going to get scratched against Montreal on Thursday. Samuelson's a part of those three. I think it's possible that they put him up in the press box. And I put this potential situation in our text line that, hey, Samuelson could get scratched. A couple of uh, thoughts made by some of our listeners on our some of our sorties. Can't possibly hurt him. His play has been rough to watch. If he does sit, I think it shows maybe Don and Kev realize it's not a punishment to sit him for a night or two. That's one. Another comment. Um, I'd scratch Eric Johnson again, put power with Ryan Johnson, put Sammy with Clifton. I love that. I don't think they're going to do that because Johnson was Eric Johnson was skating in the second pair, but that's what I would do. I would put power with Ryan Johnson, put Samuelson with Clifton. Uh, one other comment. Samuelson needs it. Pretty much everyone has regressed this year, uh, but I feel like he's one of our best player, one of our players regression that have stuck out the most. And I agree with that on Samuelson so far this year. Always a hard player to gauge because it's not all about numbers. It's not all about points. um, But I definitely agree with that sentiment on Samuelson. So we'll see what we get, but Granado already willing to do that. And by the way, when I asked him on Wednesday morning on WGR about this pairing, he did say they need more from them. He did call them out for saying that they were not. They did have an off night on Sunday against Ottawa. I don't think he's going out of the limb there. I think that was pretty clear to see. Um, and he responded by taking them away from each other. So 
you know, the numbers say it. The Sabres are very analytically driven in their management. And I do wonder if finally it was time that somebody, Jesse Ventura or whoever, you know, got through to whoever, or maybe Granado did it on his own to say, you know, with his eyes or with the numbers that I got to split these guys up and see what it's going to look like. So a Poso out week to week, Yoki Haru to the top pair, Samuelson to the third pair and potentially healthy scratched. We'll see what we get on Thursday night against Montreal. That's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Again, if you want to check us out on our text line, go to jointsubtext.com slash Sabres where you can sign up there. And thanks for making us your first listen every day, but make sure you make your next listen Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Thanks for listening here on Locked On Sabres. We'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be talking World Juniors. We'll be talking Sabres and Canadians next time here on the Locked On Sabres podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.